Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us hear the word of God as we find it written in the Gospel according to St. Matthew, reading there in the sixth chapter, beginning at the first verse. Take heed that ye do not your good deeds before men to be seen of them. Otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and the Father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Good morning, dear friends in Christ Jesus, you who are here in God's house, and you also, Christian friends, who are worshiping with us at this hour by means of the radio. This is a beautiful day, isn't it? And I hope that all of us are glad we're alive and also that we have the opportunity to worship our God at this time. Today, as you know, is the 12th Sunday after Trinity. The text that I read, and I presume as I read it, some of you said, well, that's from the Sermon on the Mount, and you are so right because it is. This is taken from the sermon that Jesus delivered during his two years of his Galilean ministry, perhaps at the end of the first year. We are not told just when it occurred or as regards the mountain where he preached this sermon, but tradition says that he preached it on the mountain called the Horns of Hatton, located just west of the Sea of Galilee. In this section of the sermon, as he was preaching to his followers, to his believers, he's talking to them and preaching to them about the motive for their good deeds in their Christian life. And that's an interesting subject because as regards the motive, the reason why they would do good works, the reason behind why they would do good things and live a Christian life, this thing was very important. What's your motive? What's the reason for doing something? And here we find them saying, and he certainly said to them, take heed, followers. He said that you do not your good deeds before men to be seen of them. He said, I warn you, I caution you, I challenge you, don't ever let this be the motive why you do good deeds. Don't ever let this be the reason why you do kindnesses and mercies to your fellow man in your Christian life, that you do these things in order to get the awareness that men are looking at you, that you want again the honor and the glory and the acclaim of men. He says, don't ever let that be the motive for the good deeds and the nice things that you do. And this morning, Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, he talks to you and me as Christians, and he talks about the motive for our Christian life, the reason for the good deeds, the good works, 
the mercies, the kindnesses that you and I do every day. And he's saying, listen, Christian, I want you to take heed. Will you watch that this will never, never be your motive for the good things that you do, that you do these good things to play to the grandstand, that you have your eye on the grandstand, that what you want more than ever, you want the cheers of the grandstand, you want the applause of the crowd, you want the honor and you want the glory and you want the praise of men. He says, never, never. Let that be the motive for the good things that you do. And you know, that may trouble some of us. Perhaps you've read those words and you've said to yourself, even as I said, what's wrong with playing to the grandstand in our Christian life? What's wrong with having a craving for the applause of men in the good things that we do? What's wrong with playing and having our eyes on the multitude that they can cheer us and give us honor and give us their applause and give us again a great feeling that we're something big, we're big guys. What's wrong with it, we may say? Because isn't it true that there's something thrilling about the cheer of the mob? And when we get the applause of the crowd, that gives you and me goose pimples. And again, we rise to the occasion. And then we may say, what's wrong with it? After all, we're talking about good things. We're not talking about evil deeds. Jesus is talking about the good things, the nice things that you and I do in our life every day. And yet Christ says, I caution you, don't ever let this be your motive that you're playing to the grandstand. That's again, you've got your eye on the crowd. That you're craving the applause and the cheers and the honor and the glory of men. Jesus says, don't ever let that be. Thrilling though it may be. And even though you and I may say, but these deeds are, these are good, Jesus. What's wrong with them? No, because Jesus would warn you and me that that kind of a motive, playing to the grandstand in your Christian life and mine, that motive is very dangerous. That motive is deadly. That motive is certainly something that you and I would have to look at and say, oh, there's something wrong about it. And I think this morning it's very appropriate that we pause for a moment and we say, how about this motive for our Christian life? For the many deeds of kindness that you and I do, deeds of mercy, and the things that we do in our goodwill toward our fellow man, that we must never have our eye on the grandstand never waiting for the applause of men. What's so deadly about that kind of a motive? And Jesus would remind you and me in the first place that if this is your motive in mind in our Christian life, the motive again, we are playing to the grandstand. And oh, we love the thrill and the applause of man. What a big guy we are. Jesus says, if that's your motive, it means this, that you couldn't care less, Jesus says, about me and the fact that I came into this world to be the Savior. Isn't it a tremendous thing that Jesus, the Son of God, God the Son, the second person of the Trinity, that he came out of the ivory palaces and came into this world, and he came and identified himself with us as human beings. He took to himself a human body and a human soul, born of the Virgin Mary, conceived by the Holy Ghost, and that God came and tabernacled amongst us for 33 years. Oh, he must have loved us a lot. And yet Jesus says, if in your Christian life, the deeds that you do, if you're playing to the crowd and you're playing to the grandstand, Jesus is saying, you're saying to me, that means nothing. It's nothing but a bunch of hogwash. That means that whether we realize it or not, we're repudiating him and his love. We're saying to him, get lost. I don't need you. 
I'm playing to the grandstand. I crave the applause and the cheers of men in the things that I do. Jesus says, don't ever, ever let this be the motive that you're playing to the grandstand. It's deadly. It's dangerous. You're taking a chance. Because Christ would remind you me that if this is our motive, even in the doing of good things, and we say sometimes, what's wrong with it? Jesus says, why, what you're saying to me is, I couldn't care less about you that you went to Calvary's cross and you died and you bore hell and damnation in my stead. This is a deadly motive, whether we realize it or not. Even in the good things in your life and mine, Jesus says, if you're out playing to the grandstand, you're saying to me, you came into the world and you went to Calvary's cross and you bore my guilt and my punishment and you saved me from hell. We're saying, get lost. That doesn't mean anything. I'm playing and I'm playing to the grandstand. I love the applause and the chairs of the multitude. What a great guy am I. This is what I want and we're turning our back on him and we are repudiating him and we're saying to him whether we realize it or not I don't want you as a savior what do I care that you have brought deliverance from hell and damnation that doesn't mean a thing I get the thrill out of playing to the grandstand getting the applause and the cheers of men this is difficult isn't it in your life and mine Jesus talking about moving you uh, what's the thing that moves you? What's the thing that gets you going? Why do you do the deeds of mercy and kindness in your life? Why are you living the Christian life? What's the aim? Are you simply by your deeds, are you keeping your eye on the grandstand? Is this the thing that you want the applause of man and Jesus saying, well, that's deadly, son, daughter. Don't ever, ever let that be your motive. Why? Because Christ says, what you're saying is this. As regards me, you are saying that I couldn't care less that you arose from the dead and that you brought the gift of eternal life in heaven for me and all men. That's what we're doing. If in your life and mine, the big thing is we're playing to the grandstand and oh, we want the world to see what a wonderful person we are. We're saying to Jesus, I don't care that you have raised yourself from the dead. I don't care that you have earned the righteousness that brings eternal life and everlasting salvation. I don't need that. And we are repudiating the very reason why God's Son came into this world, the great gospel of Jesus Christ, and we're trampling it underfoot and we're saying, I, I couldn't care less. We sometimes say to ourselves, what, what should be the motive of my Christian life? Why should I do the deeds of mercy and kindness? Why should I live a Christian life every day? And Jesus is saying, watch out for this. Don't you ever do your good deeds. Never in your life with your eye on the crowd that you're playing to the grandstand, that you want the applause and the approval of men, the popularity of men to say, what a great guy you are. Jesus says, never, never. Why? Because if that's our motive, we need to look at it. It's a very risky thing. It's a deadly, dangerous motive because it also means this, that we are doing nothing less than we're playing the hypocrite, we're playing the make-believe with regard to our interest in the poor, even though we may give to the poor. He illustrated his sermon and he said, now, this thing, when you give to the poor, this thing of almsgiving, he says, don't go like the Pharisees do and have somebody toot the horn the head of you and again blow the trumpet and they love to be made over because they're after the glory of men. 
if you and I are living because we've got our eye on the grandstand. This is all that matters. We're out after the applause and the honor and the glory of men. And we want their admiration and we want their approval. Jesus said, what are you doing? You're just playing the sham, the hypocrite. Even though you may be giving to the poor and you may be remembering my needy ones with gifts, nevertheless, Jesus says, if you're out playing to the grandstand, you're playing the role of somebody. You're trying to pull the wool over the eyes of individuals as though you were concerned for the poor in the world. If your motive and mine in our Christian life, in doing the good things, if we're playing to the grandstand, we don't care about the poor, these who are Christ and belong to him. We couldn't be bothered all that we're interested in, even in our gifts. It's to have men say in the grandstand, Hooray! What a great guy he is. We're pulling the wool over people's eyes. And worse than foremost, it means we're the biggest fool in the world because we're trying to fool God. We're pulling the wool over God's eyes. We're trying to make God believe that we are sincere and that we are concerned about the poor in this world and that our gifts show it. And the biggest fool in the world is the man that tries to pull the wool over God's eyes that tries to in some way have God to be in this person's life, to be one that doesn't realize what's going on. Jesus says, remember your father. He sees in secret. God can look into our hearts and he knows. It's a damnable, deadly motive for Christian living that you and I live to the grandstand. We say, oh, but there's something thrilling about it. When the grandstand gives the cheers and when it gives its applause and its admiration, oh, again, we do get those goose temples and we say, isn't it wonderful? But Jesus, don't you dare ever have that for a motive. Don't you ever play to the grandstand. Don't you ever crave the admiration, the popularity, and the approval of the grandstand. Jesus says it's deadly. You're playing the role of the fool. It also means this, that we're playing the role of the hypocrite as regards prayer and our concern for prayer, even though we pray. He mentions another illustration. He says, and when you pray, don't do like the hypocrites do. He said, they love to stand in the chief places, in the synagogue, and in the marketplaces. They like to be there at the hour of prayer. And when the hour of prayer comes as though they didn't realize they were before a lot of people, then start to pray. Why? Because they're out, they're hungry, and they're longing, and they're simply craving the admiration of men. Jesus says, don't you be like that. He's talking about public prayer. He's talking about talking to him, that tremendous privilege that we had. But if your motive and mine in the Christian life is this, that we're out playing to the grandstand and we're simply in our life, we're craving the attention, the admiration of men, then in our praying and the privilege of talking to God, what are we doing? We're actually playing the role of the hypocrite, the sham. We're trying to make people believe that we have a, an intimate relationship with God when all we are doing is babbling a bunch of words. We are simply giving vain repetitions, as Jesus says, like the heathen. It doesn't mean a thing. And it means, worst of all, that we are trying to play God for a fool. That we're looking to God and we're trying to deceive God into thinking that we are sincere in this matter of prayer when it's the biggest lie in your life and mine. God can look into your heart and mind. He seeth in secret. And if in your Christian life and mine as we live it from day to day, 
that we've got to say the motive in my life is this. I've got my own the I've got my own the grandstand. I want the admiration and the approval. I want the grandstand to share and say, what a great guy am I. Jesus says, watch it. It's a thrill to be sure. And the deeds are all right. They're not wicked. But Jesus says, oh, it's so dangerous. It's so slippery. Because it also means that we're playing the role of the hypocrite in what we think is our concern for lost souls, even though we may witness for them. Many a person in his good deeds is out witnessing for Jesus Christ. And you and I say how noble that is to go out and to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. But let me tell you, friend, if in your life and mine, your aim and mine, the motive that gets you and me going, that turns us on to witness, is this, that we're playing to the grandstand. You and I are deceiving individuals. We aren't interested in whether they're saved or lost. We couldn't care less. All that we're interested in, if we're witnessing and we're playing to the grandstand, is this, that men would say, what a great guy am I. That means what? No wonder it's a deadly, damnable motive because it means that we're trying to pull the wool over God's eyes. We're trying to make God think that we are sincere, that we really are concerned about those who are without Jesus Christ, that we're really concerned about the lost when you and I couldn't care less. The biggest fool in the world is the fool that thinks that he can deceive God and God seeth in secret he looks into your heart. Worst of all, if this is the motive in your life and mine, we sometimes wonder about what, what moves me, what turns me on in the Christian. Why do I do deeds of mercy and kindness to my fellow man? Why do I do good works? Why do I live the Christian life? What's the motive? Jesus says, if it's this, that you're playing to the crowd and you're playing to the grandstand, if again, you've got your eye on the mob and you're out after the claim of men, Jesus says, it's deadly. Why? Because, worst of all, what are we saying? We're saying to Christ, listen, Jesus, the acclaim, the admiration, the honor, the glory that the grandstand gives me means a whole lot more to me than the forgiveness of my sins, than to be delivered from hell, than to have eternal life. This is what it means in the ultimate. It means to tell you, I don't even need you. This means more. This thrills me more. This gives me greater goose pimples than anything you've ever done. And when you and I can stand and let Jesus Christ, when we play to the multitude, we play, play to the grandstand, when we can tell him that, what does it mean? It means that the last day he will repudiate you and me. He will spew us from his mouth. Depart from me. This is the ultimate, isn't it? Makes us think. Just what, what moves you? What turns you on the Christian life? What turns me on? Let's face it this moment. What about it? What's the motive in your life? Why do you and I do the deeds of mercy and kindness? Have we got our eye on the grandstand? Is this it? We may say, boy, that thrills me to have people tell me what a wonderful person I am. And it thrills me to have people say, oh, look what you've done. Is this the thing? But as Jesus says, it's deadly, it's dangerous. Don't ever, ever let that be your motive. First thing we ought to do this morning, just take a look at ourselves and say, well, what turns me on? What's my motive? Am I playing to the grandstand? Do I simply long and do I just simply groan and I want above all else? I want the, oh, I want the cheers and I want the admiration and I want the honor and I want the glory and I want them to tell me how popular I am. Is this it? 
And if it is, we ought to stop and realize how deadly perhaps we've lost Christ long ago. You see, you can't play to the grandstand and have Jesus Christ. It just doesn't go, and we ought to ask him for forgiveness. And then we ought to have the assurance that he does. And then this morning, we ought to turn to him. We ought to say, well, what should be the motive for my life? And that isn't hard, is it? What should be the thing that turns you and me on every day of our life for the goodness that we do, mercies and the kindnesses and the tears that we dry for individuals? What ought to be the motive? To the glory of God. Paul put it this way. He said, whatever you do, whether you eat it with your drink or whatever you do in your life, do all to the glory of God. This shall be the motive. Jesus says, don't let this be your motive. That again, you're playing to the grandstand. Let this be the reason for every decent thing that you do. That you are going to advance God's glory. You're going to show how great a God you have that you worship. What a wonderful, magnificent God he is. A God, again, who is worth believing in and a God who is worth trusting. And then when we have that motive, we're going to understand this thing of giving. We have a lot of trouble here in this thing. You may say, what does Jesus mean that he says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand doeth? We may say, as Christ saying here in the Sermon on the Mount, that every gift to the kingdom of God or every gift that I give for the good of my fellow man must remain anonymous, that it must be an NN gift, a no-name gift. He is not saying that. How do we know? Because Christ also in another place says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. What's he talking about? Jesus is saying this, to be sure. The left hand and the right hand, when you and I do our good deeds, and when we give our gifts, our names may be attached. They need not be anonymous, whatever. But the big thing is that our motive shall be, we are advancing God. This is to his glory. We are not clinging to the grandstand. And then that means that our gift is in the spirit that the left hand doesn't know what the right hand does. The same thing in prayer, we may say, Jesus says in prayer, go into the closet and close the door. When you got the door shut, then pray in secret. Is Christ saying that we shall never pray in public? Of course not. Where two or three are gathered together in his name, he says, there am I in the midst of them. What's the way we should ask the Father in my name? Of course there can be public prayer. What's he talking about? Again, the best way to make sure that we are not playing to the grandstand is to learn to pray alone, and then we won't be deceiving ourselves or trying to pull the wool over God's eyes but this isn't what God means. Sure, there shall be private prayer and there shall be public prayer, but when your aim and mine is the glory of God, this is the very motive, and not cling to the grandstand, then it is as it were, even when we pray in public, that it just isn't a lot of gibberish and it isn't a lot of gumperdegook as far as words are concerned and babbling. It is as if we were alone with our God. And that's the thing. So the spirit of prayer... It means this, this is secret and private prayer whenever we pray, when the aim and motive is, again, the glory of our God. Seems rather difficult, isn't it, that Jesus would talk about the good things in your life and mine and saying, what's the motive, bud? What are you, what's the idea? What are you trying to do? And he is saying, don't you ever, ever, ever let your motive be that you're playing to the grandstand. It's deadly, it's dangerous. And we ought to say this morning then, when he tells us that our aim ought to be the glory of God. This should be the motivation. We are in the world to show what a great God we have, not to advertise ourselves again, because the God ought the only reward we're only going to, ever going to have if we're out to play to the grandstand, and that doesn't last very long. Oh, individuals may accuse you and me of playing to the grandstand, 
of winning the acclaim and the gain and winning the honor and the glory of the crowd, but it remains, God looketh into the heart. What is it that turns you and me on? What is the motivation? Is it the glory of God? And we ought to pray this morning then that God would keep us sincere, that he would keep us sincere into our motive and give us thanks that will never, never, never in our Christian lives ever play to the grandstand to be sincere. Isn't that the thing that when we look at any other Christian, the thing that we want is sincerity. When you look at me, the thing that you look for above all else is the sincerity playing the hypocrite. When I look at you, it's a matter I just sincere. Reminds me of the woman, a wealthy woman that came to an orphanage one day. She and her husband, they were childless. And she said to the superintendent, she said, we long to have a son. And she said, we're very sincere. We'd love to have a child of our own. Could we adopt a son? And the superintendent said, yes. And he sent a very sprightly little lad to her. And his boy came in front of her. And she looked at him and she said to him, son, if you will come and live at my house, We'll give you your own private room and you'll have all the toys and the books and the trinkets that you want. And we'll get you a pony that you can learn to ride a pony. And we'll go to Europe and we'll tour the continent every year. And in the winter we'll take you down south. And the little boy stood there and unimpressed. And finally I looked at her with all the innocence and the seriousness of the little child and he said, But will you love me? Will you love me? Do you mean it? Are you sincere? Will you love me? Are you and I sincere? That word sincere is a very interesting word. You know that? To be sincere. It comes from two Latin words, sine, which means without, and sere, which means wax. It actually means without wax. And you may say, how in the world did the word sincere without wax ever to get that meaning. Well, you've got to go back to the day of the tinker. Remember the tinker that used to make pots and kettles, and then he came around in the neighborhood and sold them to our grandmothers? Well, there were at times unscrupulous tinkers who would make a pot or a pan and have a hole in the bottom. Well, in order to sell it, what would he, he would fill it with wax. That was the dam that he put in. He put in wax then he would daub it over so whoever bought the pan wouldn't know it. And then when that woman would put it on the stove with water to boil, the wax, of course, would melt and the pan would leak. Here is where we get our expression. You may wonder that, it, again, it's no better than a tinker's dam. You say, where, what about the tinker's dam, the dam of wax? We say the person is no better than a a tinker's dam, because the dam, this wax, goes out. There were scrupulous tinkers, however, who when they sold their wares in order to assure the housewife that there were no holes, they wrote on their pans, semi siri without wax, sincere. Oh, to God that you and I in our Christian life every day can walk it to the glory of God and walk it without wax. And be sincere, sine siri, to walk it without wax. And when we do, then the deeds of mercy and kindness, the tears that we dry, the words of comfort, the gifts that we give, our prayer life, when we are walking without wax, we aren't going to be looking to the grandstand. 
We're going to be looking up to God. And our motive is going to be, oh God, oh just give me strength to be sincere. That I can show forth how great you are. That you and I without wax can walk the glory road and we can sing, oh God, how great thou art. How great thou art. How great thou art, God. Amen. The peace of God, which passeth all human understanding, keeping unites your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting.